Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind-the-scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Maker Mom podcast. Today's guest I am so excited about. Uh, it is the Jamie Derringer of uh, Design Milk and the Clever Podcast. So Jamie is a, a wife and a mom. Uh, she created Design Milk. She is also the head editor at uh, Design Milk. And she also co-hosts the Clever Podcast with Amy Devers. So this truly probably one of those moments to me uh, is definitely a dream come true. Uh, to get to talk to somebody that I admire so much, and um, I hope that you enjoy hearing her story, because I know I did, and uh, sharing that with you guys definitely highlight and a way to kind of go out with a bang for the year, for sure. For the rest of the year, I will be sharing some of um, my favorite episodes over the past year, uh, and then we will be bringing in the new year right away, the first Friday, the third with a brand new guest and get going. So without further ado, here is Jamie Derringer. My name is Jamie Derringer and I am the editor um, of designmilk.com, an online magazine dedicated to modern design. I am co-host, uh, co-producer of Clever Podcast. Uh, which is a podcast where um, Amy Devers and I talk to designers, creatives, architects, and anybody with a creative bone in their body to talk about um, the humanity behind design, who they are, how they discover design. Um, and I'm an artist and a mom and yeah, a wife and a human. <laughs> Perfect. Um, uh, so first follow-up question there, how many kiddos do you have? I have one child, uh, Amelia. She's eight years old. Okay. And then artist, what kind of art do you do? I paint and draw abstract art. Okay. Awesome. Uh, before I follow up more on that, um, Let's go kind of way back. You'll probably recognize this question since I totally stole it from your guys' podcast. But what was your uh, childhood like? Where did you grow up? What things ah. were you interested in? Okay, okay, cool. Serving it back to me. That's I right. appreciate that. <laughs> um, I grew up in New Jersey uh, and I was a creative child. I'm an only child for about eight years, and my brother was born. Um, and I grew up summers at the Jersey Shore, <laughs> pretty typical New Jersey um, upbringing. And uh, yeah, I, I was uh, definitely a creative child, a little bit of a weirdo, kind of a loner, um, introvert. Um, and uh, yeah, continued that through high school, where I went through all kinds of fun phases from like grunge to goth to 
you know, I don't even know all kinds of creative. I was just trying to express myself in many, many ways. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found writing um, and writing and poetry were a big part of my life. Um, and I ended up going to college and, and majoring in writing and communications in the beginning of college. Um, and then I discovered Japanese and I switched my major to Asian studies. And that is what I have a degree in, which is semi useless, but um, it was really fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So how I have to ask, how did you discover uh, Japanese and wanting to, to study that as your major? I think in full pretentious weirdo form, I like to torture myself by taking on challenging things every once in a while. So um, for example, in high school, I was terrible at math, but I decided to torture myself in my fourth year by doing um, trigonometry as my elective, even though I hated math because I just wanted to challenge myself. Um, and then when I got to college, I thought it would be fun to learn a new language and Japanese just seemed like the most foreign, most difficult language I could possibly think of. And they just so happened to have that as an option. So I signed myself up. Okay. Um, so what happened then post-college with your uh, Japanese degree? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Um, so I was kind of destined to just find a job and work there for the rest of my life in whatever I could find. Um, and I landed on a job in the medical education industry, and I did that for 10 years at a variety of different companies doing everything from um, medical journals, writing, editing, coordinating events, um, a lot of it educational. And then I moved into the marketing and advertising part of the business and then onto digital and web. Um, and I think that, you know, 10 years of that gives you a lot of publishing and coordination and project management experience. And so I use a lot of those skills today. So I'm really grateful for that time doing that. But I, I, I have to be honest, it was not my favorite thing. And I, I finally was very happy to quit that and do Design Milk full time. <laughs> Um, I totally understand that. I don't think uh, any of us creative people who start out doing our creative work as a side hustle really love the jobs that we do to pay the bills till we get to that point. Um, but you learn a lot of skills. I will say I a lot think of skills. Like, too, growing up, I didn't think about an artist as like a, a real job. I never thought like, oh, I could draw for a living or paint for a living or whatever it was, music. Um, I, I wasn't talented enough as a musician to be like, oh, I want to, you know, pursue singing or play an instrument or, or produce music or anything like that. So all of the things I was interested in as a kid were like these just fun, creative hobbies. But looking back, I'm like kind of bummed that I didn't really pursue those things. However, I wouldn't go back and change it at this point because I feel like I'm where I am for a reason. So, yeah. So, I mean, talking about that, like kind of as a kid, not thinking, you know, artist was kind of like a job you could go do. I mean, what was it like? Like, what did your parents think about all of your artistic skills? I mean, did they encourage it more as a hobby or did they even ever bring it up as a possibility? 
My parents were always really supportive in that if I wanted something, they would, you know, buy it for me. So for example, I wanted a keyboard one year for Christmas and I got a keyboard and a stand. Um, and then I, I would save up allowance money and I would buy myself books, but I never got the lessons. <laughs> so like my parents were really encouraging, but like not to the point where they were like, oh, let's get her a piano teacher or let's, you know, get her enrolled in art classes or anything like that. But if I asked for it, then they would do it. So I just didn't have the thought in my brain to like ask, I guess, for what I wanted. Um, so looking back, I'm kind of disappointed that I don't know how to read music <laughs> and I don't really know how to mix colors of paint. I'm kind of still learning all of these things as a 40 plus year old woman, um, which is much more difficult to learn now uh, than if I was eight or 10 or whatever. Um, but I, I, they were very encouraging and always really supportive. And even when I switched majors or wanted to major in writing or English and they were like, whatever, um, they, you know, they supported me and they, they paid for part of my college and um, never really uh, told me I had to do something different. And they were never like, you have to get a degree so you can make money and have a steady job. That, that was never something that they were overly concerned about. I think they just thought I would be okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. So where in the picture does um, both kind of doing, you know, art in your adult life come in and design mug? Like when do those kind of come into the picture? The same exact year. So weird. <laughs> 2006 was like my pivotal creative year where I started design milk and I started drawing. Um, I don't know why. Uh, I think it's, I would say this is really what I'm thinking happened. I think I got to the point where I liked my job. I liked the people I worked with. I had a house. I had a husband. And I was like, this is it. Like, that's it. I'm done. Like, stick a fork in me. This is the next 50, 60 years of my life. And then I was like, oh, no, I need more. There was something inside of me that was like, I have to do something else with this energy that I have. I don't know what to do with it. And so that's kind of what happened. Um, so I started the website and I started drawing and um, yeah, that's, that was the year that all of that happened. And then when I had my daughter, I started painting. So I was just drawing up until 2011. Um, and then I think after my daughter, I really got into painting as a, you know, medium. Okay. So, I mean, it seems like since you kind of started both at the same time, there's a a symbiotic relationship between the two outlets for creativity? I think so. I think so. I just needed something. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so let's start, I guess, talking a little bit more about Design Milk first. Um, when you got started with it, I mean, what was, what did it start as? Because I've only been, you know, kind of reading and reviewing design milk in the last maybe two years myself. So what, what did it start out as? It started because I bought this townhouse. I needed sofas. I didn't know what to do. So I was online shopping for sofas, trying to find a modern one because everything was kind of traditional at that point, all of the styles and stuff. So I was looking at who makes modern furniture and um, I 
also at that time, I think I, I discovered blogs and I was trying to find ways to save all the cool stuff I was finding. And then my, my just writing, my natural instinct to write and share things and like have conversations started kicking in. So I put all of those things together and just started this website where I could just write about things that I found online that I really liked in case anybody else might want them or in case I wanted to even just go back and reference them. Um, prior to that, I'd had like a live journal, like a personal live journal, which I'm glad is completely gone and will never be seen again. (laughs) Thank goodness for being able to delete part of your life off of the internet. Um, but yeah, other than that, I was like on MySpace, and, you know, I had like online interactions, but, um, this was something that I felt like, uh, could connect me with people on a different level. You know, I, I don't know the answer to this. Did Pinterest exist no, at that point? Nothing existed. Yeah. I think Facebook or Twitter, one of them came a couple years later. They, they may have been like existing in the Bay Area at mm-hmm. some point, but they didn't like expand to the reach that they got. Because I think I joined in 08. So I must have joined like a year after it launched or something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or they may have existed, but like it wasn't mainstream at all, or or it wasn't on my radar for sure. Right. I, yeah. I mean, f- I believe Facebook might have been. It was probably it. It probably existed, but I don't know that it was like yeah. far reaching because it was no. still when I joined. It was still like based around your college or yes. your high yeah, school exactly. and, and, and like neighborhoods and things like that. Um. Pinterest didn't come till a couple years later because I remember when Ben launched that. Um, and I I remember even what where I was living. I don't know why. Probably because I uh, I don't even remember why. <laughs> um, but I remember when Pinterest launched, um, and I think that was like 2010 or 20, 2009, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think um, so. or at least when it launched to the mainstream. I'm I'm talking. I'm I'm sure all these things existed for many years before I knew it. Right. Was so so because i the reason i asked the pinterest question was if pinterest was around when you kind of were looking for you know being able to find designs and save them do you think you would have started design milk yes okay i think the reason is because i wanted I like having the idea of owning a, a page and running a business. Um, I, I right now would I start it? Probably not. <laughs> then yes, I was definitely more energetic and excited about um, sharing things and having a, a a a location that people could come to and engage with me that I had control over. Like I liked the aspect of designing the website and moving things around and learning the code, which back then it wasn't drag and drop. You had to like spend hours all night trying to code your own HTML. And um, I, I actually really liked that. I think that's still part of that like weird masochistic need to like challenge myself with like weird <laughs> things to learn. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I taught myself to code. And so, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed all of that. It was fun. Okay. Okay. Um, so at what point in time did it go from kind of maybe more of this, you know, resource 
to a business a lot faster than I thought. Um, about a year in, I got an email from a brand asking if they could put their banner on my website. And um, I had had like Google text ads on my site, but I didn't take them seriously. And I was literally making like two cents a month. Um, and so when they emailed me, I, a light bulb kind of went off and I was like, oh, okay, I could maybe turn this into like a thing, like a, like a real magazine. And I, I, I don't think I mentioned this yet, but I had a magazine online before this. It was called Ooh. Betty. um it was a feminist women focused magazine just right it just came out of my like burning need to be a riot girl um okay now please tell me you can still find that online no oh but I still (laughs) I still have like the logo and all that stuff saved somewhere (laughs) on one of my hard drives um but it was like a lot of women contributing poetry and essays and things like that. And it was a subscription based. I had like a hundred subscribers. Um, and then I, I shut that down. I don't remember why. I think it's because I, I, I don't know, I started focusing on my career. And then when my career kind of became like stagnant, then that's when I started Design Milk. Um, so what was your original question about turning it into a business? So a year later, I got this email um, about the banner and I accepted the payment. I put the banner on my site and I was like, that's easy. Like I just made a bunch of money and all I had to do was put this thing on my site, but I made money for the whole month and I don't have to do anything. And I was like, cha-ching. Okay. (laughs) Light bulb moment. Like, and then I started doing more research. How do I turn this into a business? I, and, and I ended up at this blogging conference in Las Vegas called blog world, which is now called like the social media expo or something. Um, And I brought my husband because I was like, you need to stop calling this be playing on the internet and you need to start calling this Jamie's new business. And I had to teach him or actually I had to get him to come around to understanding that this could be a viable career for me and that I I needed him to buy into that so that I could get the full support. And after that um, event, he fully let me like gave me the time and the space that I needed and all of the support to start really taking this seriously. And then in 09, I went to him and I was like, I'm going to quit my job. And he was like, what? (laughs) And I was like, remember, you're supposed to be supportive. And then, yeah. And then we, and then I quit my job and the rest is, you know, history, I guess. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that did happen really quick. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. Three years. Um, and I mean, that was at the boom of like blogs and social media right. and stuff. So I kind of was at the right time for that. Right. Um, I do want to get back to the drawing and the sketching. Um, so what, when you started out, what were you drawing? I mean, you said abstract painting is what you kind of do now. Was it abstract sketches and drawings as well? Yeah, always. I, I don't really like the idea of trying to well, first of all, I'm super not talented in terms of like drawing humans and I didn't go to art school, so I don't have any training um, and the natural talent just doesn't exist. Um, but I also like the idea of creating stuff based on emotions and feelings and thoughts and in- intuition. Um, and you can't really do that as much when you're trying to just paint something that exists already. 
And also I, I have, I'm like a recovering perfectionist. And so the idea of recreating something that already exists or that even, even if I picture something in my head and I try to execute it and I fail at it, it, it kind of like triggers that like perfectionism. So I don't plan anything ever because it won't, if it doesn't live up to the idea that I originally conceived, I get all flustered and frustrated. And so I'm like, the art thing is supposed to be an outlet for that. Um, it's not supposed to cause me frustration and stress. It's supposed to be the opposite of that. So I try to just make it more mindless and intuitive and playful and fun um, of an activity. Otherwise, I think it would cause me a lot more stress. And I don't need that. I have stress in all the, all the other aspects <laughs> of my life. I don't need more. Um, I will say, though, like, I think as far as like the people I interact with and myself too, I think most people who are creative or artistic are also perfectionists. Um, Yeah. And we're still all stressed out. I mean, art is frustration. (laughs) Like, let's just be honest. Like it's constantly like annoying because you're like, Oh, it's not coming out the way I want it to, or that looks bad. And it's, you have bad days. Like everybody has bad days, but, um, ultimately the idea is it's supposed to be relaxing and and it is the majority of the time it is very enjoyable. Uh, so did, when you were, you know, starting design milk, it was taking off, you're doing sketches, uh, your daughter's born, you get into, uh, painting. Um, did you start with, um, like selling your artwork at all around that point in time or, is that something more recent? No, that, that came organically. And I can't really remember how. I think I was posting stuff on Instagram. And then at some point, somebody was like, can I buy this? And I was like, all right. <laughs> um, and, and I did a couple of other things. Like West Elm asked me one time to come and do one of their local markets. And, you know, I, 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 I had a relationship with art.com and they were like, do you want to put some prints on our site? We're working with artists. And I was like, sure. Um, and I've been working with them for years and years and years. I mean, I still have a ton of work on their site and I, I refresh it yearly and I, I really enjoy working with them and, and minted. I work with as well for prints that all kind of came organically. Um, I, and I value those relationships and, and they're really great. I mean, it's not a sustainable career or a business that I could just do full time. And I don't know, honestly, thinking about it, I don't know that I want to do that. I mean, unless I'm, I hit the lottery and then I don't have to worry about it because I don't want stress. I don't want it to <laughs> cause me stress. And if it's my sole source of income, I feel like I would get stressed about it and it wouldn't be fun anymore. Um, I'm sure artists have fun as a full-time job. I'm sure it's fun. It's probably like any other job. You've got stress, you've got great times, you've got not great times. Um, but I, I don't know that I, I want that. I don't know. Okay. Um, I mean, but it sounds like, does design milk and like the, you know, especially the, you know, editing, marketing aspect of it, is that, is that what you go to to get that um, challenge? to keep driving yourself in that regards to hit that, I guess, need in yourself for the challenge. I think design milk as a 
brand, as I grew it, I was constantly challenging myself. Um, just to grow that business in general was a challenge, trying to figure out how to expand it. Um, I, I don't have any business background. I don't know how to run a company. I didn't know how to hire people and pay them and get insurance and do the books and all of the things that you just kind of learn. It's learning on the job. Um, and I, I, with no experience, you kind of just figure it out. And I think I like that part of it. And I think that's why I like my art practice too, because I didn't go to school for it. So I don't know what I'm doing and approaching things from a blank slate in, in my, at least for me in my brain, I, I like that better because I think it gives you more options and possibilities and you get to think outside the box a little bit more. Um, and I appreciate, and I like creative thinking. So, um, with design milk, it was just a constant challenge. How do we make money this month? How do we make money next year? How do I hire another person? How do I have enough money to hire another person? Um, you know, when I got pregnant, I, at that point it was 2011 and I was like, how am I going to run this business now? I'm one person that does everything. I was doing the server management, the design work, the writing, the editing, the emails, everything. And so I had to hire people. And that was the first step of just like expanding. Um, but then after that, it was just constant expansion. How do I expand? And that was all being creative, you know, media partnerships, um, different types of new advertising, starting different social media accounts, um, bringing on new people, coming up with events to do, launching the milk stand pop-up shop. All of it was like part out of need to, um, you know, put, bring money in, but a lot of it was just like me seeing how big I could grow this thing on my own without taking any, you know, investment money and just bootstrapping the whole thing. I, I'm sure it's all like a personal challenge to see how far I could take things myself. Mm -hmm. How many um, employees are there now with Design Milk? I think we have 15 or 16 people that work for the site. I'm not sure how many of them are full-time employees, but there's about 16 of us. Okay. Um, and are you still the owner? No. Um, actually, I uh, sold it um, this year, actually, earlier this year, uh, merged with a company called AHA Life, who had um, has, we have, um, two e-commerce shops, um, Aha Life and Kaufman Mercantile. And we just um, merged and launched the Design Milk Shop uh, in October. So now we have three e-commerce shops and the online magazine. So part media company, part commerce company. Awesome. Um, how was it going through that process? I mean, was it a tough decision or did it feel just natural? The decision was so hard. I would say I spent a good agonizing four or five months with that decision, just wrestling with it. Um, coming to that decision was incredibly difficult, especially not only for the business, like what do, what do we do with this business? How does it grow, et cetera? Like what's going to happen to it, but also existentially for me. I mean, and I also just had just turned 40. So like there was just all of this stuff on me, like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Like, what, what is life? Like all of these like big <laughs> questions were weighing on me. And 
once I made the decision, I felt a lot better. So it was coming to the decision that was hard, but once I had made the decision, I made it and I was like, okay, now what's next? Um, Hello friends. Today's podcast is sponsored by Carolina Shoe. Now I have been wearing my steel toed Carolina Shoe safety shoes, safety boots really for quite some time now. And I'm going to tell you, I love them and I wear them every single time that I go to the shop. Um, they keep my feet safe uh, with the steel toe tip. They keep my feet safe from falling objects, uh, but there's many different types of safety toe options, not just steel toe. Also, they're oil and slip resistant and waterproof. Uh, so whenever I get some water in the shop, they keep my feet nice and dry and they're super comfortable. I wasn't expecting that, but they really are. So take it from me who does wear these shoes every time I'm in the shop, that they're really awesome. And if you want to go check it out and get your very own pair, you can get a special 10% off using the coupon code MAKERMOM10 at checkout. So just go to carolinashoe.com and again, enter that coupon code MAKERMOM10 to get 10% off at checkout. So thank you, Carolina Shoe, and go get yourself a pair of these awesome boots and thank me later. And I would say the first six months of that, well, maybe the first three months were incredibly difficult after the merge. I mean, for me, certainly, but I think for the whole team, just trying to like, you know, merging two businesses with two different accounting strategies and two different even locations. I mean, they, they are based in Ohio and we were all over the place because everybody was freelance and, you know, I had a global team. So trying to just like integrate administrative stuff was difficult. Um, you know, who reports to who and who do I call for this? All of that stuff was hard. Um, and I, I'm really, I feel very lucky that the team stuck with me and trusted me that this was the right decision for the company um, and came along for the ride. And I, I feel better because things are working a lot more smoothly now and everybody's starting to settle in. Um, and I, I feel like we're on the other end of that difficult transition. Um, I, I can only imagine, um, especially... I would think to some degree that uh, Design Milk was almost your first child <laughs> um, because you spent I, I so much time too. with it. <laughs> yeah. Don't uh, tell my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like a baby. It yeah. really was. And it did feel like it became a teenager. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I was kind of like, all right, I have to shepherd this teenager into the world, but this teenager is its own thing now. It's no longer part of me. I'm no longer 100%. It's not looking at me 100% to do what it needs to do. So it needed more and mm -hmm. I couldn't give it everything. And so I had to find a way. And this was actually two years ago I came to this decision that I had to find a way to grow it um, and nurture it that wasn't just, you know, wasn't just relying on me. So I had to mm -hmm. figure out, was I going to sell it? Was I going to... Um, you know, merge? Was I going to take investor money? What was I going to do with it? How was I going to grow this thing beyond what I could give it? And so um, two years after I made that decision to like try to figure out what to do with it, uh, the aha life and I had a, that conversation. And so that's, it was very serendipitous, actually. I wasn't actively looking. 
Um, I mean, I, I, in my brain, I guess in the back of my brain, I was actively looking, but I really wasn't like actively looking. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I do have to ask where, when did Clever come along and working with Amy? How did that relationship get started? Yeah, Amy and I met at a trade show a couple of years ago um, and we chatted and then I reconnected with her maybe a year or two later again at a trade show for design and uh, we decided to sit down and have lunch and just talk and um, the more we talked, the more we couldn't stop talking (laughs) and the more we started being like, yeah, and like agreeing with everything each other was saying and like, yeah, that that sounds like a great idea. And like, we, we wish there's nothing like that and we should do that. And, um, we just got really enthusiastic and excited and and we charged each other up. Um, and that's blossomed into a really wonderful working relationship. Um, and also a a deep friendship and that I really value. And we've been working together now for three years. Uh, I've heard both of you, you know, kind of mention a, a few times on, on the podcast that like, you kind of both wish you would have known like designer was a thing or that you think people should understand that becoming like a designer is something you can do. Um, Do you think like you would have had an interest in going that path if you had maybe more knowledge of that? I do. Um, I do. I think that it, well, I mean, I, when I was growing up, it just wasn't a, a topic that people talked about. Um, a lot of the traditional professions were really at the, you know, the forefront still of, of your options, I guess. Like, you know, nurse, doctor, accountant, lawyer, like all of those things. Um, and then there was just like business person. <laughs> and that was just like this big like dump of like, who knows what that is. Um, but I, I do think I would have maybe pursued a a creative career. I also feel like I, um, I, I would have liked more nurturing in, in my creativity. Uh, it would have been nice to have like a mentor or something when I was younger growing up, just somebody I could look up to and um, see how they had, you know, forged a path or made a career out of it. But I, I really didn't have anybody to look to. It'd be like, oh, my aunt, you know, my um, aunt did this or my uncle did this or or my next door neighbor was an architect like none of that existed for me so I think I just had it in my brain that like oh I just have to get a J-O-B you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Um, but Amy and I are incredibly passionate about bringing design in front of people um, as soon as possible and we've gotten a great feedback about the podcast a lot of um, people who are, are, are younger uh, kids or young adults who are looking to go to design school have emailed us or given us reviews. Um, people who are in school getting are getting ready to go to grad school or even new grads. We're getting a lot of those emails. And we've even had parents email, email us and say, oh, I listened to your podcast and my daughter's thinking of going to design school and it really helps me understand you know, what design is as a career and that it's a, it's a viable option for her. And I'm really enthusiastic about it because I listened and that was like, oh my gosh. Um, and so Amy and I are really passionate about it. In fact, we, we've, we would love to be able to have some sort of like educational um, program for young children, even in, in kindergarten and, and grade school. 
um, or be able to go out and speak or, or something like that that can really encourage young kids to look at design and even the trades as really good options for solid careers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was just going to use that as a follow-up question about getting, you know, if what you guys have talked about as far as, you know, any possibilities of getting stuff into education, into grade school. Um, I mean, I mean, I do think there's a lot more information out there now than there was, like you said, like when, when we were younger, I'm about the same age as you. So, I mean, children of the eighties, that's not what you uh, grew up thinking you would be. It was right. like, doctor or lawyer or you know kind of your more traditional stuff um nothing creativity wise and at least my growing up it was like well if you want to be an artist like you you can't make a living that way there's just yeah it was just a starving artist yeah exactly um do you force i mean since you've got all this background and exposure to design now because of design milk and then um even your work you know as a a sketcher and and painter now do you foresee like getting into like having your own line of design of like furniture home decor type stuff i don't think i am interested in in designing furniture or decor items i have lended my painting and drawing to um, Concrete Collaborative for some tiles that we did together, which are really fun, and also um, woven concepts on a line of rugs. Um, But those are really very much based on literal drawings and paintings that I made. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to do furniture design or decor design. I would prefer to leave that to the experts um, that I write about uh, or share on Design Milk. But also, um, you know, I, I I lost my train of thought. Hold on. Good thing you can edit this out. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I lost it. That's okay. Can I throw in a follow-up question and maybe it will come back? No, I got it. Okay. I got it back. <laughs> I'd rather leave the the hardcore design of furniture and accessories and things to design professionals. But I think, you know, there's possibility for the the brand to expand into something like that in the future, I would think. Um, But not me personally. Okay. Um, The the follow-up question I did want to ask since you mentioned the the tiles um, and the rugs is... um, I could definitely see like abstract painting work going into like fabric pattern designs or even wallpaper designs. Um, any thoughts on, on those avenues? I've always wanted to do bedding. That's always just mm-hmm. been something I thought yeah. would be so much fun, but yeah, textiles, wallpaper, sure. Anything based on my paintings and drawings, I'm comfortable with um, licensing those kinds of things for sure. Um, but I, I only really want to work with companies that, um, you know, are ethical, um, and just fun, nice people. Uh, and I, 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 I think I'd like to be choosy. I don't feel like I need to throw my stuff on everybody that comes knocking. Um, in fact, this year I've had a couple people ask me about things and I've said, you know, I have too much on my plate right now. 
you know, we can talk about it at another time. Um, but I, I, maybe I'll get there. Maybe I won't. I'm happy just painting and drawing. It's not something that's like I, I need to pursue. Um, although I did recently ask on Instagram for some wallpaper companies because I was thinking of designing wallpaper for my powder room. Mm-hmm. And I wanted like small batch wallpaper that I could upload my own design or just like work with a company for just my own room. So there's situations like that, but I don't know. Commercial wallpaper sounds fun, but I'm not, it's not something I'm actively like pursuing right now because I have so much going on in my life that I can't even take the time to like focus on that. And I want to give it a hundred percent for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um somewhat changing gears just slightly here uh, to talk about, um, you know, being a mom, you mentioned when you got pregnant that that's when you, re- you hired people for the first time because uh, you knew that you're going to need help to get everything managed and done. But now that you're at this level, I mean, what's it like, uh, you know, how do you manage being a mom, being an artist, being, you know, a very active businesswoman, like how do you do that all at the same time? Um, I didn't do a really good job of it previously. When my daughter was young, it, it was hard, um, but I tried to squeeze in as much time as I could because I was still doing a lot of the business aspects. But as time went on, I realized I had to be present for my family and so I would continue that hustle of trying to figure out new things we could do so I could hire people, you know, get money in the door and hire some people to help me. And I looked at my skill set and said, okay, what are the things I can't do or I'm not good at? And then find people to help me do those things. And so that's what I did. And so over time, I developed a team of people that are really awesome. And I would say they're all still working for me, which is really awesome. In fact, my... Um, our editorial director, Caroline, has been with me since right before my daughter was born. I hired her right before I, when I found out I was pregnant and she's still working for me. Um, so it's, it's been a, a great um, experience working with all of these awesome people. Um, and so relying on them was really helpful, but I had to get to that point. You know, I had to like figure out how to launch new programs or sell new projects in order to hire people so that I could stop being the everything for design milk because one person really can't be a company for sustainably for a long time, especially if that company is growing. And I, I wanted my nights and weekends back. I wanted to sit down and have dinner with my family. I wanted to be able to stop in the middle of the day and pick my daughter up if she was sick at school. Um, and I wanted a weekend. And so a couple years ago, I would maybe say like, four or five years ago, I really cut down my work on the weekend. I'll probably check in one or two hours over the weekend, maybe do some clever work over the weekend. But for the most part, I've regained a normal work schedule where I'm working, you know, from like eight to five most days um, and then checking in nights and weekends if I'm needed. But for the most part, I have a normal work schedule now, which is lovely. (laughs) But I mean, I I worked like 80 hours a week for so long and it was just like not sustainable for any one person to do that for such a long period of time. Um, And I knew I had to like cut back and have a regular life. Mm -hmm. So I turned my computer off at a certain point and just, you know, 
spend time with were, my family. Were you running Design Milk from your home? Yeah, I'm still at home working. Okay. At home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, you're still putting, obviously putting in a ton of hours, but did that allow some flexibility when your daughter was younger, uh, having it from home and like squeezing in that? Oh yeah. Working from home has been the best thing for me because it's enabled me to be incredibly flexible. Um, and I, I think, you know, life isn't, nothing stops between the hours of nine and five or whatever, eight and six when you're at work. So like, um, parents are responsible for their kids and you have to be able to like pick them up from school if they're sick or stay home from work if they're sick, or even just like staying home for the cable guy to come. Like things like that have been so much easier with me being at home and having a flexible schedule. And that enables my husband to have a regular, more rigid schedule where he goes into an office every day. Um, and I'm the one who can flex and kind of handle anything that needs to happen at home during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I um, can't say it's not at times incredibly disruptive and like frustrating. <laughs> I mean, right. there are times when I'm like, you guys, I need to get work done. Like I have a real job. Like right. I can't just be like, you know, doing laundry and running errands and stuff all day. I'm, I literally need to be at my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has been very helpful to be flexible. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny how, you know, kids can be totally <laughs> disruptive at times when you're trying to get work done. Um, <laughs> I will say I have, if I've had a sick child at home and I really have to get something done, I have had sitters come um, just because yeah. you, you can't get anything done with a two-year-old nope. around. You just oh can't. gosh. Yeah. That age is <laughs> a rough one. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so what would you say is your favorite part about um, being an artist and a businesswoman? Well, those are two separate things. (laughs) Um, What I like best about being an artist um, is I just like to be able to take what's going on in my head and get it out, but also at the same time, I really love listening to music and zoning out um, because during the day when I am a businesswoman, I'm so focused on so much and there's so much in my brain that I have to do and lots of decisions to be made and multitasking, which is just really terrible for me and actually has caused me so much really bad habits actually um, over time. But there's just so much that needs my attention during the day that it's great to be able to stop and zone out and just paint or draw or be mindless and listen to music or a podcast or an audio book or watch TV and chill. And I need that. Um, it's, it's a good stress relief for me. So that's what I like the most about it. Um, what I like the most about being a business person is because it feeds my drive. And I do have a really, I still have a a drive. And I even catch myself saying things and like wanting to do things where I'm like, wait, no, you don't have time to do that. Don't say yes. Stop, stop, stop. But I say yes, because I I get really excited about new ideas and fun stuff that can be done. And the design community is so awesome and it's growing and there's just so many talented, creative people and so many cool things that we could do. And I'm like, oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do that. Um, and sometimes I need to stop myself and be like, well, you're like one human being and you need to calm down because there's only so many people that can help you. 
Yes, <laughs> to all of that. <laughs> um, what's your favorite part about being a mom? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, my kid is so cool and she's so fun. I just love watching her and having conversations with her. And she's just so interesting. And she comes out with the craziest stuff out of her mouth. And she's really creative. And I love seeing like the wonder and the awe and like the wheels, you can literally see the wheels turning in their brain when you say something and they're like, oh, what? And it's just so great. I love it. It's very, it keeps me feeling young and energized. And I just like seeing her develop into a little person. It, it is awesome. I think the, especially the older that they get and yeah, watching their own creativity come alive is super fun. Um, what would you say, um, you hope your daughter learns from watching you do all the things that you do? Well, I think the one thing I would like her to get out of life in general, and this is the thing I always want to teach her is to be a creative, um, thinker. Cause I think if you can think creatively, you can get yourself out of or into pretty much any situation. Um, and that's in business, that's in, in art, that's in any, any industry, right? If you can think creatively, you, it could be useful for you in your job or in life. Um, so I think that is the thing that I want to give her, but I, from what she sees from me, I would like her to see, you know, someone who can do, who can run a business right? Be an entrepreneur, um, be successful, but also have, you know, a, a life and, and have fun and go on vacations and enjoy myself and have a family and all of the things that I want her to be able to, to do if she wants to, as she gets older, like what does she want from life? I want her to, to see every possibility, I guess. Um, so, Growing up, my mom was uh, a sole provider for a while, and I think seeing her work super hard was very um, positive for me, even though it was hard for our family and it was hard on her, just seeing my mom work um, and be the only person who works in the household got my, I guess, just made me feel like I could do that too, and it was okay for me to pursue a career. Um, And in addition, my dad is a business owner. So seeing him buy a business outright just because after having worked for companies for so many years and have no experience with that business and just learning it and running it has also been incredibly inspiring. So I think having kids see their parents do things um, and set examples is, is what I want to do for my daughter. Yeah. I so I have to follow that up. Does she already realize like I mean, does she realize what you do? I know that sounds like an no, odd question. She, but. she knows design milk. She knows design milk. She knows I sit in front of a computer, but she tells everybody I'm an artist. Because I okay. think she can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, she sees it because we have paintings everywhere and there's you know, we right. yep. stuff. But she she knows I, I run design milk. Um I think she knew at some point that I had a company, uh, but I don't think she understands actually what it is. Mm-hmm. But okay. I, I had a hard time even explaining it yeah. to like 
most people for like the past 13 years. They're like, right. I'm like I, uh, internet stuff, <laughs> yeah, online media. I don't know. Still right. very confusing. <laughs> uh, totally understand. I mean, my kids are the same way. They don't definitely don't see or understand the the business aspect, though they have figured out because I've told them a couple of times, my son has said, well, you need to tell your boss that you need to stop doing your work so you can just come work at my school so I can see you all day long. And I said, well, <laughs> that boss would be me and me, the boss, doesn't want to tell myself that. So, mm-hmm. um, but they understand, you know, that I make furniture. So they tell their friends that I'm a woodworker because that makes sense to them. But yeah, it's something they can see physically. But I mean, that's cool. Like having, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's cool to be able to show your kids that there's lots of options out there mm-hmm. and that they don't have to just follow one path. I mean, there's, my husband has a traditional profession. So she sees the business creator, creative business owner, mom, and then, you know, the dad who just has a regular job. Mm-hmm. And so she sees all of the options as well. Um, my mom growing up was a nurse, but my dad owned a business. So, you know, just having a different examples of that, that's why representation is so important because I think we need to be able to show kids that they have lots of options and they can mm-hmm. pursue different types of things. And that's part of that creative thinking like, oh, you know, I can think outside the box. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I hate using that like, you know, expression. I feel like it's overused, but the, uh, there's so many possibilities out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and like I said, I think I, I feel excited, I guess, for my kids knowing that it seems like the world is so much more open and so many more things out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, than even when just I was a kid and I know I, my options were seemed much bigger than like when my mom was a kid um, so it's super fun I guess to watch that aspect um, all right so last question for you Jamie mm-hmm. is just um, what advice would you give um, especially another mom, but I would say kind of female in general, um, who, you know, wants to embark on some kind of uh, new creative adventure or new business adventure, what advice would you give them, especially if they are kind of hesitant or perhaps have, you know, imposter syndrome about getting started? Oh, gosh. I would say just start and start start doing it. Just make sure you enjoy it and it's fun and you're passionate about it because if you're going to work it into a business, um, you're going to be spending a lot of time with it. (laughs) So you have to really enjoy it. Um, and just know that it is, is very difficult to run a business and start a business and it takes a lot of time and it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, so many, many years of hustling. Um, and you have to be committed to that and just expect that that's probably how it's going to go. Um, but if you enjoy it and you're really passionate about it, it doesn't feel as bad as if it was something you were like being forced to do and spend all your time doing. Um, 
And there's nothing wrong with having a, a, a day job um, mm-hmm. to supplement. Uh, and also, I think there's nothing wrong with doing commercial things if you're an artist to make money, um, to sustain whatever other passion you want to do. If you want to paint, you know, weird aliens, but like your day job or your, um, your floral patterned wallpaper keeps you hustling those weird alien paintings then totally <laughs> keep making floral wallpaper designs uh, you know to fund your weird alien paintings mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so anything you could do to like fund your your creative outlet i fully support <laughs> um awesome well i will let you decide where would you like everybody to uh go find you on the interwebs? Well, they can go to jamiederringer.com and that's J-A-I-M-E, like Jaime, derringer.com <laughs> um, or at Jamie Derringer on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then design milk is design-milk.com or at design milk on all of the social channels as well. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jamie, for taking the time to talk with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You had a lot of great questions. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, I will let you get going because I know you have another call coming. I do in three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It never ends. It's a constant hustle. That's right. Well, you have an awesome uh, rest of your Friday and weekend. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking with you. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Take care. Uh Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. All right. Again, that was Jamie Derringer uh, with Design Milk and Clever Podcast. I'll include all the links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes for the Maker Mom podcast. And you ask yourself, well, how do I get to the show notes? Best and easiest way is to follow along with the Maker Mom podcast on Instagram. That's just at Maker Mom podcast. Hit the link in the bio and there's a link right in there to get to show notes for this episode all the past episodes as well as if you want to check out becoming a patron on patreon of the podcast there's three different tier levels the lowest one just being a dollar a month so twelve dollars a year that's it um, you get your own very special shout out and thanks for the sh- uh, in the shows and um, also you get extra content, things like monthly online maker mom podcast meetups with other patrons. We talk making, we talk momming, but for real, for um, all of you who are currently patrons for the podcast, thank you so very, very much. Your support means the world to me. And for all of you who listen, thank you as well. Uh, you can help keep me going uh, with giving me suggestions for other moms, maker moms to reach out to, and just hearing how you love the show keeps me at it for sure. I love talking with all these other maker moms. It is a true passion of mine, um, and I love sharing their stories with you. All right, uh, until next week, have a fantastic Friday, a fantastic weekend. And uh, Christmas is just around the corner. I will talk to you all later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Mm